Nashville is a city that is absolutely loaded with talent. There are people all over the city that are creating cool shit and putting it out into the world each and every day. In all my years with Sobros Network, I've made a lot of friends in Nashville's creative scene, and now I want to share their stories. What makes them tick? How they got started? What their work says about them? What they're most proud of? How they define their success? Every piece of work that's put into the world has a story behind it from the unique perspective of the creator. And that, my friends, is worth celebrating. I'm Stoney Keeley, and this is the Nashville Creator Series on Sobros Network. Sobros Nation, welcome back for a brand new episode of the Nashville Creator Series right here on Sobros Network. Minds right, asses tight as we tackle episode two of the show. Really excited about this one. This was one that has been kind of in the works. It's been in the pipeline for several weeks at this point, but y'all know like a lot of us podcasters, writers, creative types, like we're working those day jobs, regular life happens, shit pops up. Okay. And, and it's, it takes some time. It takes some, some work to, to align schedules. And I'm happy that we were finally able to make this one work. Today, I'm going to be talking to David from Blame Your Brother. He is one half of the Blame Your Brother duo. They have shows out every week that you can catch on YouTube, wherever you take in your podcast, they're out there. Uh, The reason I went with David is because Blame Your Brother was one of the first podcasts that I really stumbled upon back when uh, Sobro's Network was a few years old. We had been podcasting. We'd been just having some fun, like five of us sitting around a table and uh, opening up a MacBook and just hitting record. Uh, those early shows, I think we had some fun, but uh, well, there's there's a reason I had to delete those uh, completely off of the internet, but they were really bad, man. I Just looking back on it, we would have five people on the show. I would be trying to host it while two people would be to my left having their own conversation. Two people on my right would be having their own conversation, but they would be having them at the same time over the years. So uh, it's pretty fun to look back on. But when I when I got really serious about building out a podcast family, if you will, for Sobros Network, and right now we have eight active shows on Sobro's network. But back when I was first like researching, trying to figure out like what what did I want Sobro's network podcast to be? Searching for Nashville area podcasts, um, I mean there's not I, I don't I don't want to just take a I don't want to take a jab at the entire city because there are good quality uh, well-produced podcasts coming out of Nashville, Tennessee, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff that just kind of sounds the same. And I came across blame your brother. And I heard these guys just on their show, just saying what they, what they meant, saying what was on their mind, just having a, a transparent, authentic conversation with each other. Kind of, you know, uh, David calls it contentious, but you could you could see that sort of honesty, that just that willingness to be open with a, one another, and that was something that was was pretty inspiring to me as a guy that was looking to kind of find a way to really get into the well, not necessarily get into the podcasting game, but to take it a little more seriously, like to really focus on having a voice, having a tone for the podcast, and so I came across these guys. And I, I thought they were great. And then the more you watch them, 
the more you start to notice like, wow, they've got a really good setup here. They, they've really got a good operation going. And so that was kind of, uh, that was inspirational to me early on seeing, you know, guys could do it just being themselves and still produce a good quality show. So I like David a lot. David and I have had several conversations behind the scenes. I know we're like both frustrated with fucking Twitter right now, the social media algorithms and all of the, uh, the trouble that comes with trying to promote your work on social media and keeping up with it. So, uh, we talk about how blame your brother got started, how David got involved in podcasting, what kind of set him down that path. Some of his influences, of course, we talk about this from the the creator standpoint. So when I'm having these conversations, I want to know kind of like what what is success to the creator? It doesn't necessarily mean making millions of dollars every time, but I want to know how how the creator defines their own success, uh, what they're most proud of, and kind of what what kind of advice they would give to people that might be afraid to take that leap. So if you haven't already listened to the Nashville Creator Series, go back at, go back and check out episode one with E. Young, writer extraordinaire. That was a great episode. I'm really stoked for you guys to hear this conversation with David as well. Uh, this, is, this is kind of the vibe I wanted out of this show, is just kind of getting creators to tell their stories and to kind of be there for people that might want to be creating some shit of their own. To put it eloquently in that signature Sobro's voice, who's putting good shit into the world? I think David and Blame Your Brother are doing that. So you you guys are going to call me a hypocrite because, you know, I talked to David about monetary success in this episode and how the most important thing is just finding something that you're passionate, that you want to talk about and not really, you know, working towards the money. And then here I am like, oh, we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to make a little bit of money. But listen, we got to get our pennies in, okay? That's how Sobro's Network keeps going. So if you guys would be so kind as to just make it through a few commercials, then on the other side, we're going to talk to David, and it's going to be over an hour straight with no commercial breaks, no interruptions, just David telling his story, talking about podcasting, talking about creating, and then in true Blame Your Brother fashion, we got to have a few Mount Rushmores in here. So I've got ones for Nashville restaurants, things to do in Nashville, and I'm going to ask David for his Mount Rushmore of podcasters. So like I said, you can call me a hypocrite all you want to. I get it. I'm a fucking sellout. No problem. But we're going to take a commercial break. There's going to be a couple, maybe three. And if you could sit through those, we've got a hell of a conversation with David from Blame Your Brother on this week's episode of the Nashville Creator Series. Welcome back to the Nashville Creator Series right here on Sobros Network. Stoney Keeley chatting with a special guest today. I know I say that every week. They're all special, but this one's particularly special to me because this is, uh, this is a man that I discovered when I first started dipping my toes into podcasting and trying to really expand the... Uh, the Sobros Network family of podcasts, uh, saw what Blame Your Brother was doing in the Nashville area, instantly became a fan of their transparent, authentic nature. That was kind of a style that I wanted to model my own voice after. So when I started kicking around the idea for this Nashville Creator Series, this is one of the first guys I thought of. Going to be talking to David 
one half of the Blame Your Brother duo. David, I don't want to botch your intro. So if you want to hit us with it, give us all the nicknames and uh, let people know who's here. That's right. Well, this is David, a.k.a. D. Brew, Voice of the People, Glenn Jackson, the Spiritual Midget, and Mr. Wonderful, one half of the great Blame Your Brother podcast. And I'm very excited to be joining you, Stoney. I, this is, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Our schedules have finally synced up, and I'm so happy to be part of this. I've, I want to be a guest on your program for a while, so thanks for having me. Happy to have you, man. Um, I did your, your show. You guys did the 24-hour live stream last August, and I was, I think I was still drunk from the night before I hopped on with you guys. It was like 5 a.m. If I'm not mistaken, I was on a surprise vacation with my fiance, or we just thought, you know what, let's go to Gatlinburg for the weekend and, and enjoy the mountains spur of the moment kind of deal. And then we get up there and I'm just like, damn, babe, don't kill me. I know I told you I wasn't going to work, but I told these guys I would do their show. So I found no joke. I was staying at the, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the double tree up in Gatlinburg up on top of the mountain there. And it's, it's like four 30 in the morning and I'm, I'm combing this hotel, trying to find a quiet place where I could just sit and talk to you guys. I'm half asleep. I told you then I'm like, I, I got to make this up to you. I'm, I apologize for being still half drunk, still half asleep, but, um, we're here now. We finally got it together. And uh, I appreciate you joining me. Why don't you tell everybody um, what Blame Your Brother is? Just just give us that basic groundwork for this conversation. Right. So, I mean, Blame Your Brother started out as a podcast, myself, my brother, and then my longtime best friend. We've been friends since high school, a guy named John. We did that mad for a couple man. of years. Yeah, right. And he is a madman. <laughs> and so we, you know, we started off, we called it Blame Your Brother because me and my brother wanted it. It was very contentious me and my brother like to argue over things yeah. and you know yeah. take different sides which is you know it can be fun it, it can also be a little bit uh hostile in the in the studio but we did that for four years and like you said we did we did two 24-hour streams during that time where we celebrated episode 100 episode 200 and then just about a year ago my brother decided he didn't want to do the podcast anymore so me and john had some conversations about what we wanted to do. And so we've continued this show and the show is essentially just a look at pop culture, current events and our lives. You know, we just break down, we pick some of the biggest news stories of the week. We discuss them. We try to make them entertaining. We try to find the humor in some of them, which is hard to do sometimes, especially over the last, you know, four years. Which, uh, you're you know, telling we, me. Right. But and especially even now with it, it's just been crazy, you know, coronavirus and everything. But you know, we do that. And we also, at the end of every episode, we have me and John have a Mount Rushmore where we pick, you know, anything. We just, both of us, it's a draft style Mount Rushmore. So it's one goes and the next goes and you can't pick the same thing. So uh, our latest one, we did uh, best fictitious bands, you know? And so yeah. obviously, you know, I grabbed Spinal Tap. So he couldn't grab Spinal Tap, but he's grabbing one I wanted. So it's just a way for us to really, it's a way for me and my but my best friend for us to hang out and also talk. And we have some, you know, some people that like to check it out and listen to it. So it's just a fun way to hang out and just talk about life. Over 250 episodes, uh, 251 is the most recent one. I thought you guys had a really good conversation about death and kind of human existence, life on this planet as a whole, which 
sounds a lot deeper than, you know, I'm making it sound a lot deeper than just hanging out with my best friend. But right. <laughs> I thought it was a really good conversation. I would encourage anyone listening to this show to go check that one out. I think by the time this episode is going to be released, you guys are on to 252. So uh, congrats on that, man. That's what a run. Like how, how long have you guys been doing this? Right. So, I mean, I've been podcasting since 2007, which You're one of the OGs. Yeah. I mean, so my wife had gotten me an iPod. I'm talking one of the old iPods, you know, back in 2006. I, I, I love music. Number one, if people know me, I love music and movies just about more than anything. And so I would, I would just listen to music, music, music. And then I started checking out, I was like, what are these things called podcasts? Because at the time, no one knew what a podcast was, but I've always been kind of tech kind of geeky nerdy yeah so i i started checking out these podcasts and i was like these are great these are like radio talk shows without commercials and it's it's a niche i can get into if i want to listen to a podcast about 80s rock there's one for me you know back then there wasn't a whole lot to be fair i mean there sure. probably you know i don't even know how many there were and so i just started and, and since a kid, I always wanted to be a radio DJ. I mean, most kids my age at Love Music did. You know, you watched MTV, you watched all these these guys on there. And so I said, I'm going to do this. I don't know how to do it. There's no books. There's no guides. There's no YouTube. But I was like, I'll figure it out. And so in 2007, I started a music podcast. It was called From the Borough. Yeah, it originally was going to be music just from Murfreesboro. And after yeah. like episode two, I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to, it's just going to be unsigned bands. And so I did that for... I mean, a long time. I mean, I think like five, six years, maybe. And then uh, my brother-in-law, uh, he's a big kind of sports guy, kind of, you know, kind of dude's dude. And he he would come around and he goes, what's a stupid podcast? You're, what is that? Some nerd <sighs> crap. And I'm like, you know, because this is fair. It's 2009, you know? So yeah. no one knows. And I was like, eh, just give it a, ch-. I said, you'll like it, you know? And I said, check out Adam Carolla. Cause I know he liked, he's got a podcast, go check it out. And then he comes back a few weeks later and he's like, we got to do a podcast together. I'm like, let's do it. You know, so that's like that, just like that. So that was the PWA show podcasters with attitude. And (laughs) yeah, so, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time on the name, but so we did a podcast for, I mean, from 2009 until I I don't even, it it was a long time, you know, and we we went through some name changes. We got on the radio for a little bit in Murfreesboro. So that was really Yeah. So we were on WGNS. We were on early in the mornings. We had to pre-tape the show and all that, but it was fun. We liked it, you know, and that kind of ran its course, you know, new people came in and, you know, you do a podcast with someone for several years, you know, at some point, you know, and you know, these people, well, it's just, it, it can be tough if you really not wanting to do it hundred percent for that long. Oh yeah. I've been there before. Believe me. Right. And, you know, it was a little bit, it, that show was very, at the end, was very contentious. It was very, like, almost kind of Howard Stern-ish level. We had a, one of our interns, a, guy, a local guy named Half Pint that a lot of people might know, I'm sure. He interacts with the guys. on, But anyway, he was a funny guy. He had these crazy stories. And we would just kind of get on him. And finally, he's I can't do this anymore. And I was like, well, if he leaves, it's, that's kind of the end of the show. And so then I, I talked to my brother and my friend. I said, let's let's do a podcast. And that's how we came to blame your brother. So it's it, you know, like I said, we've been doing that one now, I think, for four, four years, four or five years, something like that. It you know, it, when you do it so long, it all runs together. But I mean, yeah, I really enjoy it. And that that's why I'm able to keep doing it. I just I just like the art of it. You know, I've always liked the radio. I've been listening to radio. I always had a walkman on when I was a kid back in the 80s and 90s. And 
I just love the format and I continue to, and you know, it's, it's changed a lot. Obviously it's more celebrity based now, but I still can find those people. I like the indie people like, I mean, yourself and myself and, and things like that are the ones I really get into. So how do you kind of balance that, that those contentious conversations, how do you keep that from bleeding over into the personal life? If this is something that, you know, you guys are just doing for fun, just doing the bond because you're passionate about what you're talking about and things get spirited sometimes. How do you keep that from bleeding over into the personal life and affecting those personal relationships? Unfortunately, you know, with my brother, it really, it, it didn't at the end. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, we've, that's our, that's us, our entire lives. We've always been like that. So to me, it's just kind of matter of fact with him, like we can get into a huge argument. And then the next day we're just going to a bar, watching a local band perform. It's, you know, when, when someone, you know, you can really get away with it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously if I was going to do it with a stranger, you know, you're going to be a lot more kid gloves on it first, you know, you're not going to come as hard, but I've always done it with my brother-in-law, my brother, my best friend. I've always wanted, and even we were in my brother and, and John, we were in a local band together for, for many years. And, and so I've always liked to work with people that I have strong relationships with. Like I know some podcasters get together, they've never met each other and they do a show. And I'm just like, I mean, I guess that would be all right, but I've got to have some type of connection to the people where I think you can get real and talk. Like you said, in the last episode, talk about death, talk about uncomfortable conversations. You know, I mean, we've, you know, everyone in life goes through these moments where things are weird. Things, like I lost, we, my, myself and brother, we lost our mother to cancer in March of 2010. And that's, that's tough to talk about, you know, that's yeah. to come on, but it's, it's a real thing that happens to people. We all know people that have, you know, lost someone from cancer. And I think the ability to connect with people and be real and get uncomfortable. I, you know, that's the only way we really, you look at the country right now where it's so polarized. It's like, we need to be able to get together and be uncomfortable for a little bit, be a little bit contentious. I mean, respectful, not, you know, not insane about it, but if you're not really pushing forth and really looking at your beliefs and wondering, why do I believe this? Why is this here? You're not really ever going to make change. And I've changed like a lot over just doing the podcast. You know, I was a, I mean, in high school, I was definitely, I was the president of the Young Republicans Club. And then I kind of morphed into this libertarian. And now people on the right look at me and they go, oh, you're, you're a progressive liberal. And I'm like, yeah, I get, I mean, we're constantly changing, right? We should be. And I I really think podcasting has helped. Something that's helped with is, is exposing people to new ideas and just kind of looking at things differently. But yeah, I mean, even the other podcasts, my brother-in-law, it, it was rough. There were moments where people would walk out, their feelings were hurt. They weren't, you know, we weren't talking and, and it's tough. You know, I, I don't suggest it for everyone. Like if you can just do a podcast that's kind of light and you enjoy that, I would definitely suggest that, but I'm always one. I, I, I just like that confrontation. I like agitation. I like moving ideas. I, I can't say that I'm a big time confrontational person. I, I kind of, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm opinionated and I can get pretty opinionated if I'm doing a show by myself, specifically like the, the Titan show that we do, I can, I can ream the Titans pretty, pretty good when they're, right. when they're not playing well, but getting on, getting on with like Brandon, we do our movie show or, um, Steven, uh, rooster. We have a, a bunch of different shows on the network. Like I'm, I'm so focused on like facilitating the conversation and getting through our, our show agenda that I don't really, 
I don't know. I guess it's just not really in my nature to really dive into that. But right. I, I think the point here is like, whatever you are, just be that, be that authentic, transparent kind of person. I think that's one thing that that you guys do really well. And that's the kind of stuff that builds bridges right now in, in such a, a divisive time. So kudos to that. Um, for you, is blame your brother something that is just simply a passion that you do because you enjoy doing? Or is this something that you would want to one day turn into like your full-time job, a full-time production kind of deal? Right. I mean, you know, in an idealistic world, I would love to do this, you know, full-time, but I am a realist. And I know that, you know, our, our market is very cornered in a certain demographic that's going to listen to it. And that's fine. I mean, yeah, we could obviously, like you said, we could branch out and do different subjects and things, but to me, it's just, I mean, and, and since I've been doing podcasting, I've never looked at it as a way to make money. I mean, we've had meetings yeah. with people and they've, do you want to make money doing this? I'm like, I mean, I would love to make money doing anything, you know, that I enjoy, but I'm also realistic about it that sometimes when you start making money doing something you love, some of the love might start fading away from it, you know, um, because, you know, you may not be as free to say this. So definitely podcast is just something I love to do. Like I lose money on it every, every month, you know, <laughs> paying hosting fees and, and all of that and time. And, but I really love it. And I, I put a lot of, you know, heart into it with, because, you know, it's just not recording it, you know, if any, you, you know, this, I mean, you could just walk in and just record an episode and put it out and you never do anything else with it. Yeah. I, you know, you've got to promote it. You've got to get on social media. Now that there's more, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's YouTube, there's TikTok. There's, you know, every, I'm like thinking constantly like, okay, what can I create to maybe get a few more listeners here or there? And it's just something I really, I love doing, you know, and I've been doing it long enough where luckily for me, it's, it's not like, I, if you just come into podcasting, it is a lot to grasp. There's a lot of technical things that happen and you, you lose an episode. You think, Oh, we just recorded the best episode and the, the stupid thing didn't record. And, and you know, we've all been there, right? Every podcaster has almost cried. Like I've spent like 12 hours editing an episode. I wish I could go back to that young guy that was me and go, stop it. Just delete it. Just move on. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't groundbreaking. Trust me. It wasn't groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, it, and and for some people, you're right. If if you really want to do it and make money on it, I would just tell people just if it's if you're passionate about it and you really love doing it and you want to try to go make money for it, go do that. But if you're just doing it to make money and you're not passionate, people are gonna see right through it immediately, you know. And and I'm you know, I'm I'm married with three kids, I have a mortgage, I have you know, all that. So I have a good job and I know realistically I'm not gonna leave that job to try podcasting. Now, if, you know, if I, this happened 20 something years ago, I'm a 20 year old guy, no family. I, I might, you know, if, if podcasting is where it's at today, then yeah, I might make a stab at it, but you know, I'm kind of realistic about it, but that, that's not to tell anyone, Hey, go for your dreams if they're there and just follow through. Yeah. In my experience, the people that I've met through doing Sobros network, uh, the people that come in and say, we're going to get rich writing these blogs and we're going to get rich podcasting are usually the people that flame out within a few months. Uh, you know, I've, 
I've worked with a bunch of people that have kind of come and gone and you can, you can typically smell that on a person right away if they're just looking for a quick buck. So the, the people that I, I have known that have stuck with the, the podcasting, the creating that sort of thing, the longest are the people that just do it out of, out of a love for what they do. And I, I would say like, to add to your point, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I think that that love, that passion, that care for your craft, if you will, I think that's the basis for for any sort of success. You have to love it. Or like you said, I, you hit the nail on the head. People can sniff out that phony bullshit just, you know, 10 minutes into your show. They're just going to be like, this is this ain't it cheap. So right. um I liked your liked your take there. So then if we're kind of removing money from the equation, how would you define your own success or the success of blame your brother? Yeah, I've always looked at it, you know, I just want people listening and I want people responding to the content we put out. It it's that simple and it doesn't have to be 10,000 people. I mean, yeah, that would be great, right? I mean, but if it's if it's 20 people, if it's realistically, if it's five people that just listen to the episode and just immediately hit you back and go, I love that. That was great. Like you'll get a text message from someone, you get a Twitter message or something really to me, that's, that's what it's all about. Like we can, we can record an episode and think it's the best episode we've ever done. And if we get no interaction, it's like, well, I mean, it's like being in a band, you know, like you can put on the best show ever. If there's no one out in the crowd, I mean, what are you doing? Like, you know, that's a tree falls that's, in the woods, right? It's that's, that's a practice, you know? And when we're in the band and similar podcasting, it's when you get people, you can look out when you're in a band, it's obviously a lot easier. You can look out and you can see the crowd playing a live show. Uh, you know, we do do a live stream where people show up and that's, that's very cool. You know, it's on YouTube every Thursday night and that's fun, but podcasting does lend itself with social media now where people can reach out to you. And, and that always makes me smile when, someone you haven't talked to in a couple of weeks, just like, Hey, listen to the new episode. Sorry about this. Or yeah, I agree. That's stupid. And, and to me, that's really what it's all about. It really, to me is about the listeners. Cause I, I, you know, I, people call them fans. Well, I'm like, I, I don't like to call them listeners, you know, or just friends of the show, I'm their with interaction you. with us, you know, of course. And, and like I say, of course, I mean, I'd love to have, you know, a hundred thousand downloads like Mark Marin or Joe Rogan, but you know, maybe that's more of a headache than it's worth as well. I, I don't know, you know, but I just look at the audience we do have. I enjoy those people. I consider them friends. And that's that's really my basis for success. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, at the end of the day, I look at myself as just a uh, a dude that's incredibly online and for some reason feels like empowered to share my opinions and my work with the world. So it's always been hard for me to call people that support Sobros network fans like that, that word, I don't know. It just kind of makes me, makes me cringe. It makes me feel self-important and that's not really what I'm, what I'm aiming for here. So we always call them supporters, the people that, uh, that help us push our, uh, push the, the boulder up the hill that yeah. is Sobros network. So interesting stuff there. Uh, how has the show, you talked about the, uh, the social media aspect of podcasting. And I think um, to your point, there's so much work, behind just doing the podcast that people don't see from the outside looking in that is incredibly difficult. It can be incredibly frustrating when, you know, these social media platforms are constantly tweaking their algorithms and you're seeing stuff go from a hundred downloads to, to 10 downloads and, and engagement tanking and stuff like that. 
How has the uh, the evolution of social media and and these platforms kind of forced you to adapt with Blame Your Brother and how you get more eyeballs on the show? Right. You know, I've been around, like I said, since 2007, you know, Twitter was kind of like a baby, you know, so I was on that early and I kind of saw the potential for that to reach out to people. I mean, those are people yeah. that are looking for specific content to talk about, you know, if they're not trolls, just out trolling people, but people are looking for specific content and that, that made it good. But, you know, and Facebook was good for a while, but then <sighs> Facebook figured out, Hey, I mean, we can just get people to pay us, you know, you can look at your engagements on social media and Facebook is I've done videos about it is the worst one. I mean, you it will, is. you'll have five people, you'll go five people saw this. What, what, you know, it's not even worth it. Twitter was good. And then Instagram now really has started, you know, and Instagram and even TikTok now, you know, when I first heard TikTok, I went, uh, I mean, I remember my brother brought it up on an episode. And I went, dude, that's for 12 year olds, man. We, <laughs> we don't need to be talking about TikTok. Yeah. And now I'm like all in on TikTok because you can, it's a good place to kind of get your message out. And I just really like creating the videos. I, to me, I always like creating content, whether, you know, 10,000 people see it or 500 people see it. I just like it. You know, I, I think I look at my own content more than people do. True. <laughs> like, oh pretty good. I like that one. But Instagram lately, I've noticed that, you know, the posts are good. You know, it hits most of your audience. They don't mess around with the formula, but reels on Instagram, I've been seeing huge numbers on those. And I went, wow, really? so this is, this is a new. So if you're not doing reels and you're a content creator, you need to do it. You need to learn you know, that's, that's what we do. We got to learn new things as they come out. So I would tell anyone, get a TikTok account. I mean, you don't have to do, I know everyone's seen the crazy dances and all you don't have to do that. I mean, TikTok has a billion people on it. Now they just released mm -hmm. it. 1 billion. I mean, so yeah. you'd be foolish not to put con. I've told my brother-in-law who has a business now, I said, you've got to do it. You've got to just put things out there because people are just, I will scroll through Facebook or Instagram and I will just buy crap. I don't need. I'm like, that shirt looks amazing. I have 20,000 <laughs> shirts in my closet. I don't need another yeah. shirt, but I'm like, I'm buying it, you know, or buy a new hat. I don't need another hat. And it's just for people to see it, absorb it. Then they're going to want to have it, you know? And I would just, my biggest thing right now, honestly, is a learn, learn Photoshop, learn how to just simple video with your phone. You don't need a fancy camera. You have your phone. It is the fanciest camera you probably need. Uh, learn that. And Instagram reels right now, I'm telling you is, is the big thing they're pushing that is you're going to get a lot of content without having to pay to promote it. So, but it is, it's just adapting to it. I mean, we've, you know, since we've seen MySpace, we've seen Friendster, all these things oh, that man, are coming yeah. on. Right. And and there's going to be something else down the road. And if you're not out there doing that on the podcast format, what are you doing? I mean, like, that's really the way to reach people. And and doing stuff like this helps as well, you know, getting with people you actually like to record with. And so maybe their audience, because we've had some hardcore listeners that came from when we did guest spots on other show or get, they came on our show. And those people are some of our most dedicated listeners we have. So it's definitely finding a community you like people's voice you like good people and and just sharing with them but yeah it's it's always i mean if you're not out there trying to learn you're gonna fail what does blame your brother say about you and how does it help to define you right i think if you just were to listen to 
two or three episodes, our voices are very clear. It's, it's, it's not a scripted show. I come in with a few ideas. Like I, some weeks I come in with hardly anything. I'll just jot yeah. down. We're going to talk about this new story, this new story, and that's it. And I sit down with John. I don't like to talk a lot about, I don't like to, you know, he'll say, what new stories are we talking about? And I'll tell him a few, but I don't like to tell him necessarily, Hey, this happened to me this week because I want it to be authentic on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's, that's what good podcasting is. And that, that it, my favorite podcast, I can listen to a podcast. If I like the people about anything, like if I like the guy good enough, I could listen to a podcast about beekeeping, right? I, I don't know yeah. anything about beekeeping, but if I love the personalities and I love the two or three people that are on the talking, I don't care. I, I mean, I listen to many podcasts where they talk about nothing, but I love their voice. I love their just their perspective on things. And so I think when you get to blame your brother, you're going to get authentic conversations between two best friends, you know, and we don't always agree on things, but me and John agree more than some of my co-hosts in the past, but it's really just our look at life, you know, and I think it's a way for us to look at society, poke fun at it, but also ask some questions. You know, when you talk about like the Met Gala, I mean, most people (laughs) don't really care about the Met Gala, right? But I'm like, but there's stories in there. there. There's the way we as society view celebrity. It's the way we view money. It's the way we view things. Like, are we looking at this the right way? Should like, because you know, we're, it's an echo chamber these days. You get on your sure. social media and I'm going to think like this person thinks if I'm a Clay Travis guy, I'm going to think what he thinks. And if I'm a Rachel Maddow guy, I'm going to think, you know, what she thinks. And, but let's like step back and just take a look at it and look how ridiculous most things are in life. Like Gala should, shouldn't matter. Right. But, but it does because it, it does shape society. And I just like looking at things like that, especially as I'm getting older now, I'm I'm starting to get more existential with things as well. So I definitely love looking at, at life and why we make the decisions we make. And I just think, you know, it's, it's two guys that just like to hang out and you're going to, you're never going to hear a phony take on there. There's, I, I don't have any obligation to be phony. Like if I don't like a certain thing, I'm going to tell you, I don't like a certain thing there. There is no desire to be fake on the show. And I think, you know, but really at the end of the day, it's two guys that really just like they grew up like in comic books, like in toys, liking stupid things. And we still love those things today and we love music. So it, it's a lot of that, man. I, I love that you said that because I tell the team all the time, my, like I've probably hammered it into their brains at this point. Like we are the content and I like to think of Sobros network as a sort of cast of characters. There, there is some, some imposter syndrome to deal with in there when people get kind of bashful about putting their opinions and their stuff out on the internet thinking like, well, why am I qualified to say this? But I, the, the point I keep coming back to is like you said, like that, that transparency, that authenticity, people, people become attached to your personality. You know, anybody can, can cover a Titans game, but my hope is that maybe you grow to like my voice and, and maybe my style. And now you'll come to Sobro's network. Or, you know, if, if Steven's writing about a, a, a CD or a concert or Brandon's writing about, about a movie, anybody can do those things. But the hope is that you build a connection with your audience that they come to, 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 to crave um, your style. So, um, I'm, I'm really happy you said that I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that as well. What's the, uh, the one thing through blame your brother that you've done that you're most proud of. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, that that's a great question. You know, I look back, I think the proudest moments, well, probably I mean, the number one, probably greatest moment was doing this second 24 hour stream and raising money for St. Jude. You know, we raised like $1,500, which I didn't Pretty even penny. think we were going to do that. I was like, we're going to raise like 50 bucks, which is still fine, you know? Yeah. And, you know, doing that for that great cause, like children are like, you know, I grew up in a home where my mother raised children. She had a daycare. She raised us, but then we saw those other kids with us. And I've been around kids my entire life and they're my softest spot ever. You know, like if you, if you, uh, you've seen the movies where they, you know, if they capture kids, I was like, I'll do whatever you want, you know, and, and, <laughs> and especially kids with cancer. I've, I've had a yeah. couple of friends that have had kids with cancer and some haven't made it. And it is, it is brutal. I mean, it, you can't even find the words to comfort people when that happens. And so finding the money to put toward that was just, I mean, I was on a high, you know, I was on a high probably because I wasn't sleeping for a long time, but also, you know, <laughs> but it was great being able to do that. But besides that, you know, speaking to the mayor of Nashville before he became the mayor was just a surreal moment. You know, it's pretty he's cool coming down into my brother's basement. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can't believe a, any of these people show up. We've had like, I mean, this, it, it literally is a basement. You come down the stairs here's these guys and we've had, you know, so talking to him before he won the election was fantastic. He was, and you know, whatever people think about, you know, mayor Cooper, he was a genuinely great guy. You could tell he, he was authentic when he talked to us. And after the mics went off, he was just like, you know, I like you guys because you guys remind me of the the people I grew up with in West Nashville. And I went, oh, really? That's, that's good. Yeah. I like that. A lot. That's he's awesome. Like, yeah. He's like, it's just like hanging out with the guys I used to grow up with. And of course, talking to Bob Mueller was on another level. I mean, I've watched Bob Mueller since I was a child and him being there next to me telling these stories was, was amazing. We had Leland Statham on. And so a lot of the guests have always been, I mean, just the fact that they, like you said, showed they have no obligation. Like we're not paying them to show up, you know, they're, they're coming down and talking to us and, and they really, you know, for to see them, it's just fantastic. And, and news too has been great about having people show up. Um, I think they're very receptive to it. And yeah, sure. I, you know, we've talked to a lot of great ones on so Haley Wilgus, Mary, Mary Mays, and I may be missing people, but yeah, I think he, Bob Mueller was probably, uh, you know, of, of all the guys coming in, I was like, I'm a little bit nervous about talking to Bob Mueller. This guy's a legend, you know, that's national royalty. Yeah, right. But he was just as, as cool as he could be. I uh, started asking Anchorman questions and he, he loved it. You know, I'm like, all right. I was like, cause you know, you know, like you've done enough interviews. I would say most of mine have gone well, but there's some where I was like, oh boy, this, this is tough. not, it's not going to be fun for the next hour. Like this is yeah. going to be like pulling teeth. So, and you know, but yeah, but those are probably two of the biggest ones. And I think really just the third is probably just having a friend, you know, John I've known for, since we were in high school together, just maintaining our friendship and just getting to hang out and watch our families grow up is probably a great accomplishment as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, um, the rewarding part of, of doing stuff like this and having that, that bond over, over creating something that, that you're putting out into the world. So good stuff, man. Um, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you don't want to pick favorites, you don't have to, but if you, if you care to share, do you have a favorite guest on blame your brother? Maybe not necessarily the biggest name you've had, but just oh, yeah. the, the favorite person that you've talked to. Right. Uh, so my favorite one personally, and she's been on several times. And I just think she's one of the, 
coolest Nashvilleians I've met, but her name is Elizabeth Donaldson. Okay. And she is an actress. She is a model. She's a social media savant, you know, and she like, you know, and I didn't really know her. I just met her on social media and she's shown up every time and just been, just been a, she's one of the funnest people we have on the show. She's very laid back and she's just got these great takes on things and she rolls with, with jokes and, and, you know, but she's one of my favorites. Um, also having, there's a local musician named Jen Starcinic who came on the program and I just knew her through other musicians and her music is really, it's kind of changed you know, you say it changed my life, but that album is one of my favorite albums I've ever had. And for her to come in to our studio and perform those tracks kind of blew me away. It's cool. And now we still kind of keep in touch. And she's one of the, you know, people looking for some great music. Her, her album, Bad Actor, is it's just, it's one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. So, yeah, but I mean, those are two of my favorites. It, it you know, having three guys in the studio, it's always fun to get female perspective in, you know. Sure. Because, you know, early on in the episode, we we had a, a sounder called misogyny alert. We would play whenever <laughs> one of us said something misogynistic. I, that. I which, forgot about that. Yeah. Which happens. I mean, you know, like you get around a bunch of dudes. Sometimes you're not really you're like it's just kind of growing up the age we are. You didn't really think about it. So having those females come in and just kind of offer their perspective on things and sometimes saying, oh, you're wrong about that. And you're like, I am wrong about that. You're right about that. You know, it's yeah. always. So I look forward to that. Cool, cool. I, I've got one last serious question before we have some fun. I've got some some of my own Mount Rushmores that we okay. talk about on the uh, the Sobros Network quite a bit. I'm going to ask you, but before we do that, one of my big uh, goals with this project was just to try and kind of gather advice for people that might be starting out or they might feel that sort of creativity within them that they want to let out, but they're afraid to take the leap because it can be a pretty intimidating thing to just jump off that cliff. So I'm going to ask you what advice you would give to someone that's just starting out and creating podcasting, whatever they're doing, what would you say to them to, to kind of help encourage them? Right. Well, like we said, the first thing I would say is you need to find something that you want to talk about. Don't, don't pick the flavor of the week. Like if you're yeah. just picking it because you're like, I'm going to get some downloads. You're not. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've already talked about it. You're not going to get. So number one, do you want to talk about this subject and think, will I want to talk about this for the next four years? If that, if you're a wrestling fan and you love wrestling, then do it. Just so the key thing is find your, find your subject you want to talk about or find it can be nothing or talk about nothing with friends or whatever it wants to be. But number two, I'd say, you know, find someone that, that has done it and see if they'll mentor you through it. You know, sure. I know people are afraid to reach out and speak to you. And I've had many people, you know, message me on social media and go, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. A, what am I going to need to do it? And B, what do you suggest? And I love offering that advice. I'm like, heck, I'll come out and run your first episode for you if I have time to do it. So, because a lot of what, you know, yourself and, and myself have learned is through hard knocks. I mean, like I said, yeah. you figure out how to do this because this went wrong. You know, even booking guests, like the first time you do it, you're a nervous wreck. You've got to, you know, you got to do Skype or Zoom and you're you're just, ah, you know. So having, finding a mentor out there or finding a friend that's done it before that you trust is like big time news. And, you know, start off small. Don't go out and buy a $4,000 microphone at the beginning because you may do it for five episodes and go, 
eh, this isn't for me. And it, it's yeah. not for everyone. It, it's, it's a lot of work. I try to tell people, you know, because, you know, just, just record it. It's not that simple. I mean, you got to think about what you're going to say. Then you got to record it. You got to edit, upload it. it. It's, it's always saying, so promote it. Kinda, yes. Promote it. Uh, if you, if you're a show that does guests, you'll find that's very hard to do, you know, like getting regular guests because you may have 10 guests lined up after you get those 10, because I've done some shows where I had guests on and after a while I went, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of done with this because I mean, like it's, it's, you know, if that's the entire basis of your show, that can be rough, but I think it's the main thing is, you know, just find your passion, find someone that's done it before to help you out with it and just start small and then build as you go on. And, and you're going to know within about 10 episodes, whether this is something you want to do, but do it because you love it. Yeah. That's one of the, um, the best unintended consequences uh, of doing this for me. The most rewarding stuff is when people come to me and, and they ask for like, Hey, what do you think about this that I'm doing? Or, or what advice would you, you give to me starting out? And, you know, one, it's like flattering. It's like, wow, you look at the, um, the stuff I do on the internet and you think I can, (laughs) I can help you. But two, uh, I, you know, I really, and I don't want to go down like a philosophical rabbit hole because I can do that pretty easily, but you know, I kind of feel like in a nutshell, our, our time on earth is short. And I, I really think if people can be comfortable just doing what they love to do, like I want to do whatever I can to help get that out of them. So I, I will say, man, I, I have, um, thought about reaching out to you before because you're set up for blame your brother is fantastic. I mean, it always sounds good. You've got the um the really professional looking live stream going. I've always appreciated that aspect of your show. It's something that man, it's funny you mentioned that about, you know, don't go out and buy the expensive equipment because that was something that that I did too. It's like I just want to get started. Right. I just you buy the the cheap stuff and you do it. The first podcast I ever did, I didn't even have a microphone. I just opened up a MacBook and hit right. record. So, um I, that's um that's really cool that um that you said that and and I um would obviously invite those inquiries as well. I and I'm finding a lot the more people I talk to more creatives are willing to share than I think people realize. I think there's just this intimidating uh prospect of of just putting yourself out there and asking for that sort of stuff that you know I wish people were more comfortable doing but um that's what uh, hopefully people like you and I can can help foster in this this creative community in town. Right, uh, David. Any any final thoughts on just the the creative process as a whole? Blame your brother. Anything else you want to share before we we talk some of these Mount Rushmores? You know, I just encourage people. If you you know, this is one of the big things. You know, we talk about social media and and getting the word out. But if you are a listener of a program and you support that program, just share it with people, you know, because that, that goes a, that goes a long way. And it's, you know, and podcasting is really, it's a, it's almost a one-on-one thing that we don't really think about. I mean, you're listening by yourself somewhere. Yeah. You know, someone's talking and, and I don't think you think like, oh, well, let me go share this on social media or let me like this post. And that helps more than, than, people know they don't really think about it but it's like yeah if you tell a friend to check it out and then they tell a couple friends now you've got this community of people that love something together and we always kind of you know i don't probably say that enough on the show but it's like if you love this and and you want to i'm not telling you don't i'm not putting a gun to your back and telling you but if you (laughs) love it you know uh just share it with the world and i think that that will help a lot you know and it's something I don't even do enough of, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I definitely probably need to do better on that, but 
you know, if you love something and like, I, I agree with you philosophically, it, this life is too short. You know, you could pass away a month from now, tomorrow, you know, yeah. it's unexpected. You don't know. You need to be enjoying it while we're here. And like I said, if, if a day comes where I don't enjoy the podcast anymore, I'll shut it down and I'll go find something I enjoy. So yeah, what you said there, yeah, I could talk for hours on that, but yeah, you know, we don't have that time, but yes, I, I agree with that as well, you know, find the things you love and do them. So. All right. In true blame your brother fashion, I'm going to hit you with three Mount Rushmore's uh, first up something we talk about a lot on Sobros network, Nashville restaurants. Give me your Mount Rushmore of Nashville area restaurants. All right. So my number one, without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite place to eat is Joey's house of pizza. Oh, now we're talking. Okay. I mean, if I, I always said, if I was on death row, I only had one meal. <laughs> it would either be, it would either be a cheeseburger, fries and a milkshake, or it would be just a pizza from Joey's house of pizza. That, to me, it's the best. It's, it's the most authentic. And that's, that's gotta go up there. Well, for, uh, for anyone listening, you just, you just pulled your local card out. Like we, yeah. we know that's you're bona fide now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and people don't know, I, I'm, I'm a Nashville native. I've been here, you know, since I was, I was born, I was brought into the world. I'm, I've been here my entire life. So sometimes when I see like new lists come out, I'm like, come on, man, like, that's yeah. not an OG that, <laughs> I, you know, that came out in five years, but uh, Joey's man, I, I've been going to that since I was, you know, before I was an adult, uh, Manny's house beats in the arcade, Joey moved mm -hmm. down downhill. So yes, Joey's is my, is my number one without a doubt. Get in line early. Yes. Oh, for sure. You get there. And, and I try to tell people ordering is part of the enjoyment of it. I can't even explain. I don't even want to give too much away. Just go there. <laughs> you're going to hear yelling. You're going to be confused. You're going to be a little bit scared. I mean, I've gone with people I work with and they are petrified to walk the line. Like you say, is out the door. Yeah. They take orders as you're in the line, nothing's written down. And there's a lot of yelling screaming it's and, and stephanie who makes pizzas she is i could go watch her just make pizzas for three hours i mean it's like it's better than tv what she's just slinging the pies so uh i know dave portnoy from barstool came to his house pizza yeah he ranked it a little bit lower than i would have liked but he did talk about all the spectacle of it and just how amazing it was so yeah joey's if you're a nashville and you never checked it out i don't know i mean go go do it today now We've got to talk about hot chicken. And so okay. to me, like we talk about arguing, I've gotten into knockdown drag outs with people I work with over hot chicken. Okay. And to me, you know, being a Nashville native, there's only one answer to the correct hot chicken that's got to go on. And that's Prince's, you know, that okay. is, that is my go-to. I, I will take Bolton's, you know, I, interchangeable, but I work with a lot of people think Hattie B's is like the best hot chicken place. And I, we've had some, big time arguments at work, but I've got Prince's is, is, is to me is where it's at. I think it's the best tasting one. Like I said, I love Bolton's. I either one would work, but Prince's is just, it, it's got it. It's got, it's got it. It's, it's, you had to know where it was at back in the day. It was yeah. in a rough part of town and you were waiting. Yeah, man, you think you wait at Joey's. I had to wait at like, Prince's <laughs> hours or sometimes you're like, but yeah, so Prince's my number two. I, I can do, I can do Hattie B's. I, I don't think, I don't know that Hattie B's, as far as like the the chicken itself, deserves the hate that it gets sometimes. But it just feels like it's not worth standing in that line right. for, and it almost just feels like a tourist trap. Right. And and party foul is the same way. Like 
people love party foul. And I'm like, man, you can, you can have some bad hot chicken at party yeah. foul. I have had some before that just tasted like it was just bathed in black pepper. And that was it. No flavor, no grease. I I've said before, like, I think everything on the party foul menu is good except for their hot chicken, <laughs> but that's just kind of like this, this, um, factoring in like Nashville being this entertainment Mecca these days, it's like these places seem like more geared towards tourists than they are actually making good hot chicken. So, um, I'm a Bolton's fan myself. Okay. Bolton's, yeah. Bolton's, I mean, uh, I used to work downtown and I would sneak out for my lunch break and, and get some Bolton's over in East Nashville. And then I would just regret it every day, but it's like a drug. Course. You can't help yourself. Yes. I mean the cat, <laughs> the hottest catfish, it's yeah. just, I can't even eat it all. I'm like, I mean, I love it, but I'm like, this is too hot. Like I'm, I'm going to die yeah. if I eat anymore. I've probably eaten at Bolton's more than Prince's just because oh, like really? say, it is closer to where Accessible. I work. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, but either of those are good. Um, I, you know, and I look at, you know, on, on a social level, I think uh, uh, some people have a problem with the uh, Hattie B's just because it does kind of bring into thoughts of gentrification of East yeah. Nashville and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some lingering for people that have been here a long time. You're like, really guys, like now you're getting on, you know, but, but that being said, I'm not a big fan of party foul, but Hattie B's it's good. I'll eat there. I'm not like, not, I'm not boycotting it, but come on. It's, you know, if you rank, that's like saying, you know, Kobe Bryant's better than Michael Jordan. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jordan's obviously the best. It's not saying Kobe Bryant's amazing. So that's how I feel with Prince's and Hattie B's. So have you had Hertz yet? Yes, I have. What yes, did you think of it? Yeah, it was good. I like okay. it. Yeah. We're, I mean, yeah, we're on the it. same page there. Yeah. That's one of my favorites being in Mount Juliet, man. Okay. If I can get, if I can get good hot chicken like that without having to drive down to Bolton's right. or drive downtown, I'm all for it. I love, yeah. I love what that man's doing. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number, number three on your mountain. All right. Thing. So number three, I'm going to go, I was trying to think where's the best burger I've ever had in Nashville. And I'm going to have to pick a place. I mean, it's Mount Rushmore, so it doesn't have to be in, in service anymore, but the best burger I ever had was at Rotiers. I mean, I, I never I went, had it. Oh, I went, I went before it, like a couple of months before it closed down. I'd been hearing my entire life, like, Rotiers is where it's at. You got to go there. It was out on West End. And I went and I went, oh my God, I should have been coming here for years. I'm yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And it's it was such a small place. Like it was almost like it was a secret place that locals talked about, you know. And it was you walked in, you went, Really? Is this is this what this is? I mean, it looked like something out of like the Sopranos extra scene or something. Like it was <laughs> all these weird pictures on the wall. It was kind of rundown furniture. And then I had the food and I went. Oh my God, this is, this is the best burger I've had. And I've, and I love burgers. I've had burgers just about everywhere. You know, I think most places are pretty good. You know, I, I haven't been to many places where I'm like, this is the worst burger I've ever had. And, and there are a lot that are popping up right now. I think Jack Brown's is really good. Uh, Dino's is really good. There, there, there's places that, that are good burgers, but Rotiers to me just kind of embodied old Nashville, you know, yeah. like, cause you just really had to know where it was at. And um, yeah, so Rotiers is my number three. That kind of reminds me of Brown's Diner a little bit, kind of an old, old school kind mm -hmm. of place. There's uh, you know, it's, I don't think there's a window in that building and it's, if you didn't know it was there, you'd never be able to find it, but you go in and you just get a good old, good old fashioned plain cheeseburger, just like mm -hmm. the cheese, the lettuce, tomato, onion, pickles, just that's, that's it. And it's yeah. done so well. Um, old Nashville is the way to put it. I, I would right. say. Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, 
What do you got right. wrapping this one so up? My last one. Well, you know, it's 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 the South. You, you've got to have a meet in three in, in the mix. And I kind of thought about it. And really, my favorite place. And I went there and ran into freaking Kane of WWE oh, fame, kidding? Glenn Jacobs, <laughs> Mayor. I, I was at, at Arnold's, Arnold's, and oh, uh, very meet nice three out on uh, kind of Eighth Avenue. I, yeah, I'm standing in line. I turn around and my mouth about hits. I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So my mouth hits the floor. I'm like, and I'm with my buddy. I go, my God, I think that's, I think that's Kane. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, no, that's him, dude. I'm telling you. He was, a, he was in a suit and tie. He was there for some political thing. You know, he's sure. the, the mayor of what Knoxville, I believe. Knox, but, Knox yeah, County or something yeah, like Knox that. Knox County, yeah. something like that. But, and, and so I was so I was like, I got to get a picture with this guy. Like, cause this, I mean, I grew up watching this man, you know, like, and I stalled and another guy walked up and, and said it first. I went, Oh, but I still got my picture with him. And he, he nice. was super, I mean, he took time to take pictures with everyone, but that being said, the food in Arnold's is fantastic. I think the, the meatloaf, which is one of my favorite dishes is outstanding. I've, I go there a lot because it's kind of close to where I work at. I've never had anything bad there. The people are super friendly. They're they're kind of cutting up with you in the line, and it's always busy. So, yeah, that that's going to be my meet and three. I thought about Loveless Cafe, but I just you know I don't know. That's kind of turned him into like a tourist trap now. It is. Um, it feels like the trendy thing to say, right? But I think Arnold's is once again. I don't think I don't think everyone knows about it. I, I, tourists definitely don't. But if you're like a local and you work downtown, you're definitely aware of it. You can yeah. get in, get out pretty quickly, and the food's always hit. So that, yeah, that's that's my four right there. All righty, what about your uh, your Mount Rushmore of things to do in Nashville? All right, so this is a tough one because you know what Nashville is, what it was. Um, man, it's it's kind of tough, but I'm so I'm going to go kind of things that I'm not going to say these are unheard of or anything, but. Number one, the thing when people ask, because, you know, you're Nashville people are like, hey, I'm coming down there. I'm like, what do you want to do? Like, if you just yeah. want to get drunk, then just go downtown. Yeah, I mean, you turn them loose tell and you. forget yeah, about mean, it. You'll find, you'll find your own crap down there. <laughs> but um, but I think, number one, a spot I used to go to as a kid, and I loved hanging out there on the weekends, just enjoying the weather, throwing some Frisbee around at Centennial Park. I, oh, I mean, yeah. I absolutely love that. Me and my friends would go there every weekend. I mean. Uh, you definitely gotta go check out the Parthenon. I mean, that's, it's something fun. I took my kid there when he was a little kid and he just, his mind was blown seeing all these things, but, but so, man, it just gets you. Yeah. Do you remember the hammocks in the trees in Centennial yeah. Park? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not crazy. I thought no, no, I remember be there. We used to go down uh, on Friday nights and just hang out in the park. Like this was before we could go into bars or anything right. like that. Mount Juliet was still like just an exit off of I-40 with a, a few restaurants and that's it. Opry Mills hadn't been built. So we're just going down to Centennial Park. And I remember climbing the trees and getting in these like old hammocks and finding out that they were put up there by like hippies in the sixties or yeah. something like that. But I bring it up to people and maybe it's just a product of nobody in Nashville being from Nashville anymore, but nobody had ever heard of it before. So you, you share that old Nashville spirit with me. I'm yeah. glad you remember that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I can remember those. I can just remember getting, you know, taking a picnic down there and just chilling like all day, yeah. like, you know, mm -hmm. doing nothing. Like I said, take a Frisbee, take a football and you're good to go for the entire day. So yeah, that's definitely, that's on there. Um, I got to go. I, there's something magical about the ramen auditorium. I mean, yeah. I've been there. 
I've seen a bunch of shows there. I got to see Dave Chappelle there, which was like, my, I mean, to see Dave Chappelle walk out into rhyme and just smoking a cigarette, I was like, oh, this guy doesn't care. I mean, and, and <laughs> that's like my favorite comedian anyway. But I, I think you definitely should go check out the ramen. To me, it's the most holy of the of the buildings in the downtown area. There's just something sure. knowing the history of it. And definitely you should go see a show there because it's for bands, it's fantastic. It's always sounded great. You know, I've seen a number of bands there. I've, I've never been let down. I've seen Black Keys multiple times. They always sound great. I've seen, you know, I, I, lately I got to see uh, uh, Noel, Noel Gallagher from Oasis. And man, that was like the 90s kid of me just loved it. But yeah, yeah definitely go check out a show at the Ramen because um, you will be you'll be very impressed. And if, if you can't go see a show, at least go take a tour of it. Go check it out because it is um, it's truly a, a sight in Nashville. It's my, my favorite, you know, musical venue without a doubt. It is. It's it's an institution in the music yeah. city. Yeah. So it's fantastic. So okay. So then you know I I got to pick one of those. I got to pick something that you know has to be in there. Um, I would just tell people to go. And I'm kind of torn between the two, but I, I go check out the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, yeah, just the history there of, of country music. And I know a lot of people maybe don't think you're country music fans, but. If you look at a list of everyone that's played there, been there, I mean, heck, uh, local rapper Jelly Roll, who is a fantastic artist, he yeah. played there not too long ago. Yeah. So it's just, it's just not country music artists. It's, it's all things, but, but it's the, it's the Institute of Music. Like if you're a music fan, it, it is a, it is a chapter in the history of music. You like, you can't deny that. You know, if you go to, you know, if you love Motown, you're gonna go to Detroit to see that. If you love, you know, hippie music in the 60s 70s you gotta go out to california you know there's all these if you love punk rock you got to go to new york which i've done and see you know cbgb's and and this is like a chapter in american you know music history so it's 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 a just enjoy the the idea of it you know and i think if you're coming to nashville you're probably already coming for a little bit of that anyway you know I think so yeah Man, I I love that part of town. I was actually with a buddy of mine playing putt-putt at Grand Ole Golf a few weeks ago, and we were talking about it. And I, I just feel like that's one part of the part of the city that still has its sort of old spirit to it. It's like the mm-hmm. the the gentrification hasn't reached that part of town yet. So you still have the the classic Opryland Hotel, the Grand Old Opry's there. You can go have a couple drinks and see some live music at the Nashville Palace. Uh, eat at Santa Fe Steakhouse. You know, play some putt putt at Grand mm-hmm. Old Golf. And it's not like this trendy part of town like so many other neighborhoods in Nashville are becoming. So I think I, I still appreciate it for that fact. All right, what do you have uh, wrapping up? Things to do in Nashville. Man, so the last thing. You know, so that's a bunch of old things, and you know, it's maybe controversial, but I, you know, you got to adapt to the new way. You know, okay, I, yeah, I, I may not love it, but uh, this is something I've done a couple of times, and the idea of it before I did it, I would have said this is stupid. I don't understand <laughs> it, but I've been on a few pedal taverns, and I've always oh. had like a fantastic time. The first time I went, uh, I. I got invited by, or I called in and 104.5, the, uh, midday show. Yeah. We're going to be on the pedal tavern. And so me and my brother got to go on and hang with those guys and talk football and me and PK, PK, uh, Paul Kaharski, me and him got into it about Tennessee football and Vanderbilt. And then they, (laughs) they were doing their live show and he, he called my brother out. It was fantastic. It was fun. But the second time I went, I was with a group of friends. It was at night. And, and the key here is 
you're drinking, right? So everything seems sure. much funner. But I had a fantastic time doing it. Broke up a fight between two guys, cross Broadway. These two guys were fighting each other. I ran over there, threw them apart. They were, they were <laughs> brother. <laughs> they were fighting. We were just, we went out and did karaoke afterwards after the pedal tavern. And like I said, I know I look at it like not doing, I was like, this is lame. I don't like it, but actually doing, I think everyone should do it just one time with a group of people that you really enjoy. And it's kind of new Nashville. It's one of the new Nashville things. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll regulate it a little bit better, but while they're not get it in before it's taken away, you know, I mean, so I, I know people know we go, what, but yeah, we actually were thinking about doing an episode uh, 100 or 200 on a pedal tavern at one point. Oh man. Just, how the logistics of that, how would you get that operation set up? You know, we couldn't stream it, but you know, I've got the little P4 recorder and you yeah. just bring that with you. So I was like, you know, maybe in the future, that might be something we, we think that about would, doing. that would yeah. be fun. I, yeah. I would look forward to that. All right, last one, uh, your Mount Rushmore of podcasters. These can be just your, your favorites, your biggest influences, yeah. however you want to define it, uh, the Mount Rushmore of podcasters. Right. Man, that's it's tough. Every week we approach Mount Rushmore, I have to look at it. Am I doing what it is or what it is to me? You know, and, yeah. and mm -hmm. I struggle with it. I'm with you. I'm just going to go with me. Like, and people may have never heard it. I mean, I've got, I could run you down the most important podcasters. Obviously, it's going to be Mark Marin, Ira Glass, Joe Rogan, Sarah Koenig. You know, I, I, if you're just picking one that's the most influential of podcasting, I, you know, it's hard to argue those four at least. You know, some sure. of those have to be in your conversation. But I will go with the people that influenced me the most. And so my number one on my Mount Rushmore podcasting is a guy named Michael Butler. Uh, he does a show called The Rock and Roll Geek Show. He's been podcasting since the beginning so whatever the beginning was he was there doing it Dang. he does a, a music show where he just talks classic rock he likes 70s rock 80s rock and it's just but his personality he's a very he's he's very kind of a cantankerous like grumpy man and i kind of love it and he he he's he just embraces that he's not a perfectionist and i love it and his was one of the first podcasts i listened to where i went that's what i want to do and it not being NPR or being some perfectionist allowed me to go, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yes, he's doing it. He's a regular guy like I am. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to embrace that. So that's my number one, Michael Butler. Number two, I have to go with Mark Marin. I mean, I know he's on my regular, but my God, I love Mark Marin. So good. Um, I, I almost, almost got to interview him one time for a no podcast. And really? it fell apart. They did get the interview, but they couldn't have an extra guest in there. And I would have just, I don't know what I probably would have cried, but <laughs> I mean, I started listening to him. His early interviews were kind of the bait. Like you say, like, you know, how are you so confrontational? I think I was just listening to Mark Marin going, I'm just going to do kind of what he's doing, but I'm going to do it to my friends instead of guests. And, <laughs> yeah. and those early Marins are they're out of this world. I mean, him, him confronting Dane cook, him confronting Carlos Mancia, him confronting Gallagher and just no filter. And he's obviously kind of evolved over time, which you have to, but yeah, I, I still listen to him today and I love him. I, I think his gift to really connect with people is, is really his true you know, specialty that he doesn't probably get enough credit for. Man, so, I haven't heard those early Marin episodes. I, I came in pretty late to the yeah. game. So are, are those still in existence on the internet? You can find them on YouTube. Um, the okay. Dane Cook one is is crazy. The Gallagher one, 
I remember the Gallagher one for a lot because me and my brother-in-law, we used to talk about Mark Maron on our old podcast. And we got into a bit of a a disagreement on that where was Mark Maron kind of setting up Gallagher? He storms out of the interview. And I went, well, screw him. I mean, Gallagher's a piece of shit, man. Who cares? You know, but he was, (laughs) well, you can't do that to people. I'm like, yeah, that's what he does. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the Robin Williams one is obviously a great one. Louis C.K. one, I think, is in, like, some museum, historical museum of art or something. But uh, the Dane Cook one's a really good one. And uh, Carlos Mencia is a good one as well. So if you're looking for some old ones, I'd definitely check those out. Uh, my number three is going to be a guy named Anderson Cowan. Now, he is a filmmaker okay. who does uh, a podcast called – he does several. He does uh, the Film Vault podcast. He does uh, the after disaster and he does one called cinematics and he obviously movies is his big thing. So the film vault and cinematics, he basically at cinematics. They look at every movie that's coming out and suggest whether you should check it out or not. Film vault. They do a top five every week. So top five actors, top five dinner, diner scenes, top five, this or that. And it's always good. Him and this other guy named bald Brian have a really good rapport, but the after disaster is him and his two buddies just speaking for an hour and a half, two hours, no script insanity. It's just one of my favorite podcasts. And I got to just hit record and go. Yeah. Just go. And it's, it it makes me laugh. It's just the stuff they talk about. They're in California and it's just, it's so amazing because they talk about California and I'm like, I feel like I know California now, but um, I got to interview him actually for, for blame your brother. He was, he had put out a movie called groupers, which is a really good movie. if, If you're looking for a movie to check out, and I got to talk with him, and it was kind of like a, oh, that's awesome. I also got to talk to uh, Michael Butler. I, I made an appearance on his podcast when he did an ex uh, convention here. So that was another one of those moments where I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting next to my idol, you know, my mentor. Yeah, yeah. So that's always crazy to think. And then, oh man, my fourth one, man, that's um, you know, I actually I would go with uh, Sarah Koenig of Serial Podcast. I think I, I enjoyed Serial Podcasts so much and i think it's one probably one of my favorite podcasts that season one with that non it changed the game of podcasting forever and without her doing that i don't know if we're you know every you search murder podcast now there's 10 million of them right oh, sure yeah but she came in and did it made it enjoyable and everyone has copied her flow since then i mean it's it's just pretty much been we're copying what she's doing. And every time she puts something out through NPR, I'm all in. I think she's just, she's, it's professional, but it's still her, you know, still her authentic self asking questions. And, and I think that, and if I had another space, I would definitely put, uh, uh, the guys from part of my take on Barstool. I love, uh, I love that show. Big cat and PMT. I mean, those, that's probably my favorite podcast, but, um, yeah, if I had a five spot, they would fall into it. But yeah, those are my four, you know, it's, it's fun to look back and see kind of who influenced you. But yeah. So if you're not listening to those, go check them out. You might like them. All right, my man. Well, I greatly appreciate your time. This conversation has been great. I hope uh, everybody gets something out of it, man. This was a, this was a good one. We, we, it's, it's funny. Like I, how similar the, uh, the approach to this show was to how you described blame your brother. Like I had like four or five questions just jotted down for you. And then we went for over an hour at this point. So a good show. I greatly appreciate you doing this. Um, before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find blame your brother. And if you got any parting shots for us, just hit us with them now. 
Right. So yeah, check us out. The simplest way, if you go to our website, it's bybpod.com. So blame your brother, bybpod.com. If you go to the website, it's got everything you need. It's got our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, all of our social medias. It's got every way to grab, you know, the podcast. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, however you're listening, all the links are there. Uh, you know, follow us up on social media. Say hi to us. We'd love to have conversations. If you have a Mount Rushmore you want us to talk about, do it. And come check us out every Thursday night at 8 p.m. at blameyourbrother.tv. You can watch us do our live stream. Jump in the chat room. we got some cool people there. You might make a new friend for life. Who knows? But yeah, bybpod.com is the main one. And just search Blame Your Brother in Google. We will pop up. That's probably the easiest way to do it. And like I say, parting shots, if you're a Nashville creator and you're wanting to do a podcast, you want to do a blog, you want to do a YouTube channel, I mean, the simplest advice really is just do it. And I mean, I know that's understated, but just start doing it. If you want to write, write. If you want to talk into a microphone, do it. It's not going to be perfect, but you know what? Over time, you will find your voice and you will, you really, the hardest, the hardest step is the first step. Once you start moving, you know, perpetual motion keeps you going and you will put out something hopefully you're proud with or you'll find you didn't want to do it you'll find your other passion so just just get out there and do it and you know Stoney, thank you so much for having me on this podcast i've been wanting to do it for a while i love what you guys are doing i love your articles i love your movie talk i i love sober rooster she's just i don't know there's something about her i, I she's just I, I love her take on things i love when you guys get together and i'm listening to you guys and i i, I just love it i love your your take on things, the sports work. Cause I love sports. I love wrestling. I love movies. So you're starting to see that. Yeah. Like you guys are hitting all my spots there. So I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm glad we found each other, man, because uh, I'd seen you guys around for a while and then finally just dove in and I'm, I'm glad I found you guys. And I think really what you're doing for Nashville, whether you know it or not, it's fantastic. So man, I, appreciate I, it. I appreciate you saying that um, kind words. It means a lot coming to or coming from somebody that uh, I respect so much for the hard work that you've put in and uh, making blame your brother kind of a staple of the Nashville creative scene. So what you said about uh, taking that first step, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks again, David. I appreciate you joining me. Um, this has been another episode of the Nashville creator series with Stoney Keeley on Sobros Network.